Hi, I'm Jeff Hendrickson, and welcome to the Sage Warrior Gentleman Podcast, where we explore the three facets of the modern mature man and discuss leadership, chivalry, and style so that you can continue to bring your best to the world. Through interviews with men from all walks of life, some I've known and worked with in various industries over the years, you'll learn some valuable lessons about modern men and their struggles and triumphs. All right, so welcome back. This is Jeff once again, and we are into part two now of existentialism, uh, which is probably going to be part two of three, but uh, let's dive in. If you'll we'll remember from yesterday where we ended up, let's see where we, we were in, uh, yeah, main beliefs. And so this is uh, picking off, picking up where we left off yesterday. So here we go. According to Camus, when an individual's longing for order collides with the real world's lack of order, the result is absurdity. Human beings are therefore subjects in an indifferent, ambiguous, and absurd universe, in which meaning is not provided by the natural order, but rather can be created, however provisionally and unstable, by human actions and interpretations. Existentialism can be aesthetic, theological or theistic or agnostic. Some existentialists like Nietzsche proclaimed that God is dead and that the concept of God is obsolete. Others like Kierkegaard were intensely religious, even if they did not feel able to justify it. The important factor for existentialists is the freedom of choice to believe or not to believe. All right, so here we go into the history of existentialism. Existentialist-type themes appear in early Buddhist and Christian writings, including those of St. Augustine and St. Thomas Aquinas. In the 17th century, Blaise Pascal suggested that without a god, life would be meaningless, boring, and miserable, much as later existentialists believed, although unlike them, Pascal saw this as a reason for the existence of a god. His near contemporary, John Locke, advocated individual autonomy and self-determination, but in the positive pursuit of liberalism and individualism rather than in response to an existentialist experience. Existentialism in its current recognizable form was inspired by the 19th century Danish philosopher Soren Kierkegaard, the German philosophers Nietzsche, Martin Heidegger, Karl Jaspers, and Edmund Husserl, and writers like the Russian Dostoevsky and the Czech Franz Kafka. It can be argued that George Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel, or Hegel, I apologize, I'm not sure the correct pronunciation of his name, and Arthur Schopenhauer were also important influences on the development of existentialism because the philosophies of Kierkegaard and Nietzsche were written in response or in opposition to them. Kierkegaard and Nietzsche, like Pascal before them, were interested in people's concealment of the meaninglessness of life and their use of diversion to escape from boredom. However, unlike Pascal, they considered the role of making free choices on fundamental values and beliefs to be essential in the attempt to change the nature and identity of the chooser. In Kierkegaard's case, 
This results in the Knight of Faith, and that's Knight, K-N-I-G-H-T, Knight of Faith, who puts complete faith in himself and in God, as described in his 1843 work, Fear and Trembling. In Nietzsche's case, the much maligned Ubermensch or Superman attains superiority and transcendence without resorting to the otherworldliness of Christianity. In his books, Thus Spake Zarathustra, 1885, and Beyond Good and Evil, 1887. Martin Heidegger was an important early philosopher in the movement, particularly his influential 1927 work, Being and Time, although he himself vehemently denied being an existentialist in the Sartrean sense. His discussion of ontology is rooted in an analysis of the mode of existence of individual human beings, and his analysis of authenticity and anxiety in modern culture make him very much an existentialist in the usual modern usage. All right, we're about out of time, but I just wanted to mention one thing um, on this ontology. This is the second time that ontologies have come up here. And in my work as a user experience researcher and strategist, we use ontologies quite often as we're trying to describe and define what a data structure might look like within the companies where we're going in and, and trying to help them um, with their business process re-engineering, with creating any sort of uh, business intelligence software that they might be using as well. So interesting to see ontology used in its original form this way and then how we've started to use a form of ontology in the form of a data hierarchy to actually help companies understand their data and make use of their data better. All right, so there we go. That's it for today. Uh, that was part two of existentialism. And uh, once again, this is your pal Jeff signing out. Bye-bye. So thanks for joining us for this episode of the Sage Warrior Gentleman podcast. And remember that you can join us and get a free guide over at sagewarriorgentleman.com. We'd love to have you join our conversation and please help us spread the word if you feel this could help someone you know and care about.